Good morning. Uh, ooh, that's loud. What's that, God? 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 Uh, so this week, Bill was, Bill was asking for a real little reprieve, and uh, I said, well, why don't we show him what you're going to look like in 30 years and 40 pounds heavier? So how do you like it? <laughs> anyway, uh, the Holy Spirit's been moving on me lately, uh, and maybe it was a thing that it just wasn't Bill needing a reprieve. Maybe it was the fact that he also felt that someone had something else to, to say. And I, I typed up some sheets, and I hope you guys all got one. If you didn't, it's just kind of the direction we're going to head today. And a lot of it stems from, from uh, what Bill preached about a couple months ago, and that was when, when you need to ask the hard questions, do you really step up and ask the hard questions? So with that, let's pray uh, before we actually start. Father, I ask that the Holy Spirit guides me today, Lord, in my words, in my, my uh, thoughts. Uh, and if there's anything, Father, that you need said, please, please use me as that vessel to say it. Lord, I thank you for all of these uh, people that love you so much and come before you, Lord, and, and that their minds are open, Lord. And if there's something that's said today or written today, that it... If it becomes personal, then that means that the Holy Spirit is wanting them to make it personal, Father. So we just ask that you bless the words that will be said today, that, Lord, it's a heart issue thing, and that if, it, if it's laid on our hearts, we need to do it, and we need to do it uh, in your name. Father, we love you, and we give you all strength and glory, Lord. Amen. So <clears throat> what the Holy Spirit started laying on me was what, what actually happens to us as we prepare to go to church on Sunday, and then do we take what happens at church on Sunday and we, do we just drop it? Is that where it's at? So I started out with, with what the first questions that come to my mind, and that is, why are you here at church today? Are you here because of your wife or your children or significant other? Is, is that the only reason you're here? Because you may feel an obligation uh, if you feel that obligation is what's drawing you here, is it the right obligation? Is it the obligation that you want to come here to glorify God? So I'd like for you just to, just to put that in your hearts, think about that, prepare your minds and prepare your hearts for when you come to church. Do you want to be seen when you're here as someone who cares? Or are you here because you're lonely? Whatever the reason may be that's taking your thoughts taking your heart uh, obligation away from God. Work on that. Let the Holy Spirit help you move on those situations. I guess, I guess a lot of what, I'm, my, what my thoughts were based on were from my favorite verses, which were uh, from 1 Thess Thessalonians, easy for me to say, 5, 16 through 18, which is uh, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in everything, for that is the will of God in Christ Jesus for us. I think if we try to model our lives, knowing that, that God wants everything for us. He wants everything for us. But there is evil in the world. There are those in the world that will not have God in their heart. And God knows each and every one of us personally, so if there's ever a change 
and we, don't, we refuse to go back to him, he can't help us. So we need to go to Christ, be before Christ in the things we do, in the things we say, and a lot of them are hard issues. Prime example, I made fun of myself this morning saying, what's Bill going to look like in 30 years and 40 pounds heavier? That is not making fun of me because it's in, in my heart it's a heart issue. It's not, it's not anything that anybody's doing, even to myself, that would make a difference in their lives to, to dis, dis, maybe dissuade them from, from becoming closer to Christ. So if, if for whatever reason you don't come to church because you don't feel comfortable with somebody else being there, you should never let that hamper you. You should always be joyful that you're coming to church, that you are coming here to praise and give worship to a mighty, loving, glorified God. The only one that never changes in our lives. Guys, we're going to get heartache from whoever, where our families, our loved ones, people maybe that we've just met, people we may work for. We're always going to be hurt. It's going to happen. It's just going to happen. And you have to get through those heart issues and you have to bring it all back to God. So I, I, I put, I capitalized then, are you here to bring glory to God your Father? I pray that's what you're here to do. And then I put, when you leave here, do you feel the joy of having spent time with Jesus? So I know that I, know that I come here every Sunday and I know I can't wait to see every one of you guys because I haven't seen you for a week. That's because God has given me love for each and every one of you. And I, I just thank God every week for the ones that I get to run into, for the ones that I get to see, just because I know that you are now part of my family, just as I hope I'm part of your family, and I hope we can all trust each other to always use each other as being part of that family. It's, it's very important to know that we are loved. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, it's important to know that we are loved. It's in our nature. And it, it breaks, and I, I can tell you that on the days that Bill breaks down during his sermon, I can feel why he's breaking down. He's so much, if you don't know Bill's story, talk to him sometime. He so much loves God and wants everyone else to enjoy that love that when you're trying to explain that at times, it's, it's hard because you're feeling the love. You're feeling the arms of God wrapped around you as you are giving his love out to the congregation. And you want, we want every one of you guys to feel and to be loved by God. There is no greater love. There is no better love. And I don't care what you have going on in your lives. God is the only healing power that you're going to find. It isn't money. It isn't money. money. Money is from this world. Yes, it's what makes this world go around. But the love of God is what's going to sustain you through this life and give you a life of glory. The second thing that the thought's just going through my mind is now that you're here, what are you going to do? Um, I, I'd just like to read a verse out of Isaiah right now. And this is in Isaiah 26, 3. And it says... You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. We want you, when you leave the church, to, again, feel the joy of having spent time with God. 
And if you continue to keep God foremost in your thoughts, that peace of mind will stay with you. The world won't take over. The world likes to take back what you've given to God for a short period of time. It wants it back because it wants to be able to control you. But don't let that happen. You know, the, the words in the songs, if, if you guys don't sing the songs and let it into your heart, let that music into your heart, read the words. If you don't believe that, why did David, why did David, God's number one for this world, why did David write so many psalms with songs and why did he love music so much? Because again, it is good for our soul, it's good for our heart. But if we just go through the, if we just read the words or sing the words without actually looking at what they mean, you may not be getting the full effect of why those words are written. And if you don't think that a lot of songs were written from the Bible, go ahead and look. If you read through it, you're going to find, and I don't care if you're listening to Christian artists today, the Christian artists are writing songs that they find in God's Word. Dry bones. I thought for sure there's no way I'm going to find dry bones. It's in here. It's in the Bible. It talks exactly about what's going on. So your Christian artists aren't just making things up. They're not just writing things that all of a sudden have been laid on their mind, which, by the way, God may have laid it on their mind or on their heart to do. But a lot of the, the actual verses and the, the, the words come from God's holy word right here. And if you don't believe that, take some of your favorite Christian songs, and I'll bet you'll find some of the words right here in God's Word. <clears throat> Again, as, as the pastor preaches the Word or anyone else, the Word of God, do you hear the words, or better, do you open the Bible and read the Word of God? If you, if you talk to any teachers, they'll tell you that talking to the children's fine, but the way they learn is by reading it themselves. So if you don't actually get in and read the Bible... Read what God's words are all by yourself. Read what it says. You're not going to get the full effect. Is it hurting you to hear the word of God? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Anything that brings you closer to God or puts your mind on God is well worth any effort put out by anyone. But read the word of God. Read what the good book says and put your mind, let your mind rest at ease in that. Then I, then I put down, do you have a Bible? If there is anyone here, or if you know of anyone that does not have a Bible, we don't say it enough. We have one whole set of Bibles at the church that were the, the ones we were using before we went to this set. If you know of a group of people that don't have a Bible, we would love to supply them. So if you know of anybody that needs a Bible, we will, as a church, Get them Bibles. But we need to know. We need somebody to say it to us. We need somebody to bring it forth because we don't always know as just a group of men in leadership what we really need. What, we, what do we need and what, we, what don't we need? The next thing was me. It was me for probably, I don't know, five years of my life when I came back. Does my Bible become a decoration until next Sunday? I used to come home after service on Sunday and I put my Bible right there on the end table and it didn't get opened again until the following Sunday. So it became a decoration. 
Was it a bad decoration? I don't think so. I mean, it was there. It said it was the Holy Bible. But why wasn't my nose in it? Why wasn't I into the Word every day uh, just for a short verse or two? That was, again, a heart issue that I had. That was, again, what the world was telling me, that I didn't have time. I didn't have time for my Bible because I had things of the world to take care of. I had worldly issues that I needed to, to get done. Believe it or not, when I started to open my Bible, it also led me to, at that time, the church I was at, I found time to do the sign. I found time to clean rooms. I found time to vacuum the, the hall, the great hall. Um, all of a sudden I had time because what I was letting the world do, I was letting the world tell me that time wasn't anything that I had that I could use on my own, that I could use for my good or for the good of uh, the glory of God. The world was telling me that I couldn't use it. I couldn't use my own time. And I found out that as I turned more and more of my life over to God, I had time to do the things that were really important and not the junk that kept bombarding me each and every day from either work or what I per perceived as other people's problems that were becoming my problems. It became a heart issue again, and so I overcame that hurdle. The last hurdle I, that I had was with money, and I never, it seemed like to me, I was never gonna get over the edge, get over that hill of being able to balance my life and as well be able to afford to live the life that I thought I needed. And it actually took, uh, at that point in time, my wife and I sitting down, uh, both breaking down in tears and just asking God to take that, take that one thing away from us, take money away from us. And it sounded kind of funny to say that, but from that point on, we no, longer, we no longer had an issue with money. And I can tell you, you don't have to believe it. You can believe it. You don't have to. I can tell you that my account at times should have been overdrawn by hundreds of dollars. And not one time was it overdrawn. And in my heart, I know where that, why that happened and how it happened. And it was only through the power of Christ. But I don't have those issues. And I want you to ha not have those issues. I want you to, to, to find the joy that Christ has so, has blessed me with to such a degree that this world is getting less and less burdensome and more and more that I can see that there are things out there that we do as children of God. We do need to go out there and touch in our communities especially. Um, Prime example is, is the uh, potato sales coming up. Next week at the Schweitzer Fest. Um, I was one that said I would be gone all weekend. I, at this point in time, foresee God has opened up next Sunday for me to be able to go up to the Schweitzer Fest and share with people and talk with people and, and uh, be involved. And I think that's a lot what it takes. Um, we had a group go to Oblong this weekend. It wasn't a big group. It was just a small group, but it was very fulfilling. And, and if you don't, if you get a chance to ask any of them, uh, Steve and Linda, uh, the Kramers, 
Uh, if you guys get a chance, if there's anybody else that went that's in here, oh, uh, Lance and Gwen, right? Uh, if you get a chance, just ask them how things went. It may have been one conversation with one person there. It may have been as little as, as the work they were managing to get done in a day made a huge difference in the lives of people that saw, here's strangers coming in, and all they want to do is help. They want to give up their time. Remember now, time is something that the world takes away. Time and money, big issues in the world, big issues. Can you overcome those issues? Can you overcome those issues to move closer to God and find that joy? Um, then, I, then I thought, do, do any of us really hesitate to thank Jesus every day when we get up, a thousand times through the day for the things that he's given us in life? Uh, again, from 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Christ Jesus died on a cross for us. Why would we not want to give back to, to the things that we can uh, in his name? And if you're here to bring glory to God, be bold. Be bold in his name. Don't hesitate to use it. Don't hesitate to say it. Don't hesitate to bring it up. If you think that someone is just totally against what God is, stands for in his life, don't be afraid just to bring up his name. The next grouping I thought of was, uh, are you open with the congregation, meaning all of us, all the children of God, and the pastor and leadership? You know, we at times on, on LT, we don't know some of the things that are going on, some of the ideas people have. So I just listed some. Are you, are you here to grumble or be open with each other? Uh, to, to ask those hard questions. Uh, when Bill preached on that situation, I told him it came at a good time, I guess, for, for my life because I was at a point in time where I was going to quit my job. I was no longer happy with what one, uh, a man that was my best friend. I was in his wedding. He was my boss, and yet we were at odds. And without, I guess, the Holy Spirit then building me up, building my heart up, I finally went into his office and I closed the door. And I said, tell me what the underlying problem is. What is wrong with us? Why are we at odds with each other? Believe it or not, he told me. He opened up. He told me what it was. It was things that we could both work on to fix. We went off and did that. And, and I am happy to say that we are best friends again. I would not hesitate to do anything for his family and he wouldn't hesitate to do anything for mine. But it was a hard question to ask because your pride doesn't want to let you do that. Your pride says, uh-uh, he's wrong, I'm right. End of story. If, uh, I guess if anybody ever wants to sit in that seat of judgment, you go ahead and sit there. Because I'm going to tell you what, greatest thing God ever did was tell us we didn't have to be the judge. That's for him. And to, to have to judge horrible situation horrible situation that would be like somebody coming up to you and saying well we're going to kill two of your family members which one you want us to which two you want us to kill and which ones you want to live hello who would want that judgment but that's what evil tries to do in this world evil in this world tries to tell us that we need to make them choices and we don't need to make them choices 
If we can bring everybody to God, it would not be an issue. Have you ever needed prayer and yet were too proud to ask for it? And in the same sense, have you ever approached anyone and prayed with them? If you haven't done this and you would love to talk about it, I know a lot of people find it hard to pray, but again, all your, it's a conversation with God is what it is. Uh, it's, I've, I've not had anybody to this point in time come up and tell me, by the way, that prayer you prayed, it ah, junk, wasn't no good. I mean, I don't think you can be too proud or too afraid to ever pray with anyone. In fact, I find it very exciting now that people will come up and ask for prayer and want me to pray with them. And that's, that's exciting because they know where your heart is. Your heart is with God. You're not going to judge them. The, the thing you may be praying for to you may make no sense whatsoever. But again, it makes sense in their life. And it makes sense that you're there for them as, as nothing else but to, to be there in spirit and in love. Again, don't, if, if you find something offensive, you don't have to, you don't have to, I guess you don't have to condone what someone may be doing, but if you can pray with them, it might be the thing that helps them through the things that, that you know are not right. And if you're upfront with them and you let them know your heart feelings and you let them know what the good book says, those are things that it's, God doesn't want us fighting to, to prove that his word is true. God wants us to show people in love that his word is true. I've had people afraid to tell me that I call, people that I call friends, afraid to tell me about their children. And I'll tell you, it's a tough subject when they're afraid to do that. Because when you finally ask them, how come you don't ever tell me about Matt or, or Mark? What's going on? Well, I, I know you go to church, and I didn't know if you knew this, but they're, they're gay. I'm like, okay, that means what? Well, I don't know what you would say about it. I said, what would I say about it? I would pray about it. I said, no, here's what I'll tell you, though. If they ever came to me and said, what do you think about me being gay? I would take it back to the Word. I don't have to give them my opinion. My opinion doesn't mean anything. What does the Word tell us is right or what God has said is right or wrong? This is where it's at. So the, the, the heart issues that we have to deal with at time are not pleasant. I, for one, would never want to be built because I know he's got to go through all of it. All of it. And I don't know if my heart is big enough to go through all of it. Each and everyone's issues, each and everyone's problems, death. I don't handle death very well. I can tell you, it's not my forte. So people being ill, well, I'd love to pray with you and, and tell you how great it's going to be in heaven if you turn your life over to Christ. But to handle death, I don't do it very well. I don't, I would just soon have my teeth pulled. So, God gives us all talents and gifts, and there are things that, that we are able to, we're able to function clearly to do. We, we really are. But we should never, if anybody ever asks us for prayer, I hope that we never hesitate to open our mouths, and or a lot of times, all they want is for you to be there with them while they pray. 
They just want someone else there to be with them, someone else in spirit that can be with them to, to pray and to, to uh, love them. Um, just as, if you want to write this down, if you don't know really how important prayer is, read John 17. Just pull out John and read the whole chapter of 17 because Jesus prays for himself, the disciples, and then everyone else. I mean, it's that important. I guess I didn't, you know, one of the things that, you know, Bill, Bill mentions all the time, hey, don't take my word for it. Go out there and look it up yourself. The reason being is, guys, we could, you could pick out, and like Bill is going through Mark, and it's very slow, but you could pick out a hundred verses to talk about one issue. It's in here. It's covered more than once. So if, if, all the, if, if the verses I'm giving you, that really shouldn't be enough. Go, go look up some more. Go look up how important prayer is. I mean, today, nowadays you guys can Google it. Go out there and, and Google the power of prayer and see what comes out. But it's out there. It's out there for us. I mean, go out there and grasp it. Get, get into God's Word and see what, it's, what, uh, what it all means. Then I put again, well, one last question on the bottom. And, and I know that there have been people that have been upset in the past. Uh, but I put, are you someone that likes to bring up ideas or projects you feel the church needs to be doing, yet you don't want to be involved in organizing and running it? It's great to come up with ideas, but again, I take it back to your heart issue. If God has laid something on your heart, and you think the church needs to be doing it, but God's laid this on your heart, so you bring it up, you need to know that God's laid it on your heart because He wants you involved. He doesn't want you just to come up with ideas and then say, well, I don't know if I'm going to go back there because they didn't like my ideas. God's laid it on your heart for a reason. And if that reason is strong enough in your heart to where you feel led to bring it up, then be involved with it. I'm not saying you have to run it, but you need to find someone that's like-minded and has that heart issue. How long has it been before we got into missions? It's been, I mean, we were a church for how long? Never had missions. We had some people that had missions. They, they had a heart for missions. And it spread, and more people got involved. Some people still won't go overseas, but they'll do missions here. Oblong last week was a mission here two hours away. Two hours away. And we may not think there was a very big group, but guess what? If that group continues to say how important it was, that group could double. That group could go grow outside of our church to another church. If someone else hears us saying what we've been doing, what have we been doing outside of Highland, Illinois? So the opportunities are there. The opportunity lies with us to spread that word, to let them know what we care about. Let them know that we want to go out and we want to serve all of God's children, not just the ones immediate, but the ones that are also, also out there in the world. Then I put, again, why are you here in the, in the world? Well, that's because God has a plan for us. It's in his word. He has a plan for each and every one of us. If you don't know how much God loves you, it's in his word right here. Just get your Bible out and start reading, and you will see from the beginning of creation how much God has loved us. And if you don't believe that God loves you, you, you try to take your, first, your firstborn, your, your only son, 
and have him die on a cross. And his son loves us as much as he does. Do you know God knows everything about you as well as your thoughts? If you don't know that, you better know it. Because if you're, if you're thinking you're getting away with things that you know you shouldn't be doing because the Holy Spirit's already working on you, the Holy Spirit works on you for a reason. And if you're doing something wrong, my biggest thing the Holy Spirit does is makes me apologize for things that come out of my mouth too early before I think about it. But I do it because I know that's what I have to do. It's, it's in my heart that I did something wrong. So, so please, please uh, know that, that it's in his word here. Look it up. Do you know you are a child of the Most High God? His child. It's in his word. And that Jesus died for you. God gave up his only son for you. It's in his word. It's here. The truth. Call it what you want. The Bible. The truth. It's in God's word. But we have to get into the word to know it. Uh, shame on me. I've not been involved in a, in a family group as of late. But I'm going to tell you that, and I never was growing up until I got the family Bible. And when, I got in that, and when I got to the family groups there, I was able to ask questions that I, I myself did not have answers to. I, I wanted to know why some things happened and why some things didn't. I don't think there's anything better than to sit down with a group of believers and ask questions and not be afraid to ask questions because they're not there to make fun of me. They're not there to say, come on, how, how long have you been reading the Bible that you don't understand this or that? There's things I've read that Bill's preached about that after he preached about it, I said, oh, I never thought about it that way. Maybe I do need to look at it that way instead of the way I perceived it. So if you ever have those kind of questions, I, I ask you to join a family group because it is just one of the most fun, uh, exciting. You feel at home. You feel like there's nothing you can ask that you wouldn't ask of a, a brother or a sister or a parent. It's just the knowledge you can gain and the closeness, again, you feel to God that there is no comparison. It is just a loving group of people that are there for you and that will interject. It's, again, it's just a thing of love uh, when, you, when you go and, and you do these things with these people. Then I, just, I, I made some, just basically some statements. No matter the situation, no matter how good or bad, you've got to give it to God because there is nothing, nothing that we can do that if we truly repent and we truly turn around, and we truly give our life back to God. Now, I don't mean that's a, that's, a, that's a one phrase statement, oh, Lord, please forgive me today because I did this. Okay, I'm good. Okay? That ain't going to quite cut it because you truly have to use your heart to repent, and you have to work harder to make sure things like that don't happen again. No matter what someone may think about you, again, you are a child of God. I don't care what anybody says. If, if they... If they say that you're the worst person they've ever known, if they say they don't like you because of the color of your hair, if they say they don't like you because you say you're a Christian, doesn't matter. If you're true to God and true to yourself that your heart issues are going to remain the same, that you love God dearly, and that you try to pattern yourself after Him,
we're, never, we're all going to fall short. So don't try to say, I'm going to make myself like God. It isn't going to happen. But he knows that. He knows it. It's in his word. I, uh, the next statement I made, I said, please think about the questions posed to you above as well as any other question you may have. Bring them to God. Get close to God. Uh, Philippians 4.13. Basically, you guys mostly all know this. I can do th- all things through him who gives me strength. I would hope that you know that no matter how tired you may feel, no matter how uh, beat down you may feel, again, if you turn that back over to Christ, He is there every minute of our lives. He is there for us. Every minute. He is with us every second of the day. And the more you can turn your mind to Him, the better your day remains. So when something bad happens to you today, as you venture from here, uh, you have a flat tire. It is what it is. You're not going to change the fact that your tire is going to miraculously air itself back up. So why not thank God? There's a reason why you had that flat tire. You hear all the stories from when the bombings on 9-11. All the people that should have been at work in those buildings and what happened to them and why they weren't there. They know that that was from God, the reason why they weren't there. We try to realize, or we try to think that we can control the world. We do. We try to control everything that we do. We try to control it by what we do at work. We try to control it by what we do in our spare time. But I'm going to try to tell you, if we try to control it, it's going to fail. You're not going to do the things that you can do because you're going to fail. Because we cannot control the things of this world and the evil that that comes with it. So get down off your seat of judgment. Try not to be in that seat because that's a bad seat to be in. Try to put on your armor of God. Put it on. Put on the helmet. Put on the chest plate. Make yourself vulnerable to what the Holy Spirit needs to direct you in and go out there and love what God has created. Just be yourselves and love somebody. Just try to let the things that make you uncomfortable, try to change yourself for a day and just see how it works. Again, I say rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in everything because that's what the will of God has for us. With that, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the ability to stand in front of a bunch of believers, Lord, and and, uh, just believe how much love is out there for each and every one of us, Lord, and that, that I know we... We hope, we pray, and Lord, we we just want the best for each and every one in this building, as well as family, as well as friends. But it's hard to get everyone to believe in the same sense, Lord, that you are here with us each and every day of our life, each and every second of our life, Lord. Lord, touch us. Help us to be that better person. Help us to love when we need to love, Lord. Help us to to back away if we need to back away. Again, we know that things are not done by uh, the heat of battle, Lord, by hitting someone or starting an argument. That's not the way that we show love, the love you would show to us. But Father, the, the love that a, a father would show to a young son or a young daughter, Lord, when they make mistakes, because we're all going to continue to make mistakes. Father, just 
Touch each and every one of us. Uh, let the Holy Spirit be there, Lord, to guide us when we know that we've done something wrong. And if we don't know, we know the Holy Spirit will point it out to our heart, Lord. And we just pray that those are the times that we totally turn and rely on you to fix what we have messed up. Father, we uh, thank you for this building today. Lord, we know that there's never going to be a time that we can't meet anywhere in your name, that, that you're not going to be there just smiling down on each and every one of us, so happy that your children are gathered in one place to bring you glory. Father, we love you. I pray we give you all the glory, Lord. And Lord, I just ask a blessing upon each and every one here today that, Father, that, that they know and can feel the love and the joy of knowing you personally, Lord, and wanting to become more like you. We do this all in your name. Amen.